Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Listen again to God's word from Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter, in just the first three verses. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to sin are bound to come. But woe to that person through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around his neck than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. So watch yourselves. This is God's word. Scripture tells us that we are to fight the fight of faith. Well, how well have you done that during this last week? Have you uh, gotten into the boxing ring with the forces of evil? And have you... uh, Lost a few of those rounds in that boxing ring. Hopefully uh, you won the battle, but we all too often are put against the ropes by the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. We give in to uh, those enemies that bring lust and greed and hatred in our direction. Today, maybe even some of you have come here waving the white flag, ready to surrender, to give up, because you feel you're just so attacked spiritually by the devil. Well, we dare not surrender. There's too much at stake. Too much that we could lose if we surrender and we think we're suffering through the troubles of this life. We haven't faced anything compared to the struggles eternally faced in hell. If we've had a bad week against our spiritual enemies, we probably have no one really to blame for that as much as we can blame ourselves. How often did we open up our Bibles and use the words and promises of God to overcome temptations? How often did we get down on our knees and put our cares and concerns at the foot of the cross? You know, the first time we fight against something can be difficult, but with the Lord's help, we can overcome. But instead, we try to do it our, uh, ourselves, and then the second and the third attempt comes, and it gets harder and harder. The fight for our faith is made much more difficult than it has to be if we just immediately Turn to the Lord for strength and help. Today's text that we're focusing on reminds us again about the Christian struggle 
keep faith in Jesus Christ. You know, the word in your bulletin, that translation says, that Jesus said, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. The NIV says things that cause people to sin are bound to come. As we hear about uh, things that cause people to sin, we not only want to avoid them, but to be sure that we aren't you know, the cause of others stumbling and sinning. So let's look at things that cause people to stumble or to sin. And by doing this, may we be led to a better fight in this coming week than maybe we did during this past week. And better fight in all the coming weeks that we have. First, we uh, realize that things that cause people to sin are bound to come. We live in a sinful world, sinful surroundings. We're bound to face temptations to sin. And they come, first of all, let's focus on the source of their coming, the devil. They come from the father of lies. Who is the devil? Well, this prince of darkness was created by God as an angel, and he led other angels to follow him in a rebellion against God, and God, of course, defeated them and sent the devil and his followers out of heaven, cast them into the darkness of hell. It was his lie that then led to Adam and Eve sinning in the Garden of Eden and led to the problems that now confront us as we go through this life. This father of lies is behind the temptations that come our way to destroy our faith He is condemned to eternal agony in hell. And since misery loves company, he doesn't want to be alone. He wants to get as many human beings as possible to be condemned with him in hell. He is a constant and he is a real enemy who knows our spiritual weak spots and attacks regularly and relentlessly. Did we shake hands with the devil during this last week? Make sure that we recognize his clammy, sticky grip and do our best to break away from it or better yet, to avoid it before he pulls us to be with him into hell. Also, things that cause people to stumble or sin come to us from a second source, and that is the world. The beauty of and the problems of the world tempt us 
What troubled us more during the last week? Was it the beauty of the world or the problems of the world? You know, both can be distracting. God did put us in a beautiful place, whether it's uh, Iceland or wherever it might be. It's a, a beautiful place, a lot of tremendous sights to see. But those sights can distract us. God made things beautiful, and we can get so attracted to them that we forget about the Lord. We take our eyes off the foot of the cross at Calvary and the empty tomb of Easter Sunday. Worldly beauty can blind us to the sins of apathy, complacency, wrong priorities, and other such things. And the ugliness of the problems of the world can also lead us to sin. You know, we despair when the world seems to be closing in on us. We doubt the existence of God when Terrible things such as Category 4, almost five hurricanes destroy homes and take people's lives. We doubt the existence of God at times when we look at things going on in the world. Yes, the good and the bad of the world can cause us to sin. Make sure that we View the world not with rose-colored glasses, but with sun, S-O-N, glasses. Seeing everything as God's Son would have us see, with His beauty shading us from the sin of the world and its temptations. But there's another source of things that cause people to sin. Third source is our sinful flesh. The devil uses the worries and the desires of the flesh to tempt us. During the last week, how many times did we give in to the sinful thoughts of greed or hatred or lust? During the last week, how many times Did we have uh, or speak words that cause people to despair or hurt their feelings? How many times did we not speak words that were kind to others? How many times did we do things or not do things which would have benefited others? As Christians, we need to be sure that we, instead of negatively using our thoughts, words, and deeds, positively think about the Lord, not hurt others, not hurt our own bodies through improper things that God forbids. May the Holy Spirit Let our thoughts, words, and deeds be such that display the Lord's love, mercy, and grace. 
Now, when things that cause people to stumble or sin attack us, they have specific targets in mind. Our weaknesses are known by the devil. If fighting against gluttony, well, maybe the new restaurant down the street is a buffet restaurant. If struggling against uh, overdoing it with alcohol, well, there's a bar down the road that just has a great two-for-one happy hour special. If fighting greed, the devil makes it easy for us to attend a casino to try to strike it rich. If fighting envy, our next-door neighbor comes driving up in a brand-new car that makes our old jalopy seem even worse than it really is. If fighting lust, well, the devil uh, allows us to have a cable company that has an adult station that we can subscribe to. Fighting against being a sports fanatic, well, there's also a station on the cable that has 24 hours a day sports. The devil knows our weaknesses. And things that cause people to sin are used by the devil with a specific purpose in mind also. He wants to separate us from God. The devil knows what drives us further and further away from the Lord. God created the pleasures of the world, and he did that for our enjoyment. But Again, they can all be overdone and lead us to sin. They aren't to become our priorities as we go through this life. The devil knows that the more important other things become, the less important he becomes in our lives. God allows problems to come to wake us up from spiritual apathy, but they aren't to drive us away from him in despair. The devil knows that the more we dwell on our troubles, the less we will dwell on forgiveness, life, and salvation that we have through Jesus. We need to recognize that we live in a sinful world. We need to be self-controlled and alert to sin. But let's pause and ask just what is sin? You know, the world tends to think sin is only those actions and maybe words that hurt others. Well, God's view of sin is much more encompassing than that. God sets standards throughout his word, standards that we are to try to follow, but if we just try that, that's not enough. If we fail to be perfect as God demands, then we have sinned. Even you know, if we aren't doing something intentionally, if it goes against God's directive, it's a sin. If our sinning disturbs the face of another, woe to us is what our text says. 
even if what we do isn't necessarily a sin, but it's an offense to a person weak in faith, we're said or told in our text, woe to us. Now, Jesus doesn't exactly say what God will do to those who cause offense, but he uses a picture that indicates it's pretty serious. Tie a millstone around somebody's neck, throw them in the water, and they're going to drown. The person would sink to the bottom. Yet, that is not nearly as bad as what God will do to a person who gives offense. This giving offense has such serious consequences. Jesus ends our text by saying, So watch yourselves. Don't do anything that could cause people to sin or would disturb their faith. And he mentions especially that we aren't to offend little ones. Little children, as a rule, trust their elders and expect them to be wiser than they are. If Christian adults speak or act in an unchristian way before children, how damaging that can be to that child's faith. Parents who say that they believe in Jesus, but their children see them yelling and screaming at each other, they need to realize how offensive that is to their children, and they need to make up with each other and let the children know that they acted improperly. Parents who seldom, if ever, pray with or worship with their children need to understand the offense that they are causing, and stop despising God's word. But it isn't only children who can be led astray. Our words and actions can also offend adults, especially adults who are just beginning in their life of Christianity. Jesus wants us to be very careful not to cause anyone to sin. There was a young man studying for the ministry. He was questioned about certain things he did that didn't seem appropriate for a future pastor. His answer, jokingly, was that he needed to participate in such things so that he would be more knowledgeable when it came time for him to preach against those things. Now, what offense this joking approach must have caused to some who were weak in faith. Now, that young man isn't young anymore. You see, I was that young man studying for the ministry who must have caused offense at times by what I said or what I did. And I'm the old man now who stands in front of you as your pastor, at least through the rest of this year. And I know there are times when I still, through words and actions, can cause offense to my family and to others. And bow my head in shame, knowing that I at times have been and I 
and presently am and will be in the future a source of offense at times. Well, I'm not going to just point the finger at me, though. I'm going to also point the finger at you. You have to realize that you at times have also acted and spoken improperly. So we all should hang our heads in shame. And I'll leave with our heads hung in shame. No, no. I'm not going to keep my head hung in shame. I'm going to uh, raise my head, look straight ahead, look up, and can do that because I know, yes, I'm a sinner, but God forgives me through Jesus. He paid for my sins. Then he rose from the dead to assure victory for me. And the same for you. Don't hang your heads in shame. Instead, ask for forgiveness. Repent. And then lift up your heads. Get others to look up with you to the sky for the Lord's return. Get others to focus with you as you walk through your, on your journey through life, knowing that Jesus continues to provide forgiveness. He did that back on that mountain when he died on the cross and then rose from the dead. I don't plan to leave here today with my head hung low and neither should you. Instead, we leave knowing of our forgiveness, filled with joy, knowing that, yeah, there are a lot of things that cause people to sin and we're going to fall into those temptations. But then we recognize are wrong and repent and go on. The best way to combat things that cause people to sin is for all of us to stay close to God's word and use this word to help each other in our fight for the faith. Help each other to help not just ourselves, but to help others as well. Let's give each other strength to keep the faith we have in our sinless, crucified, and risen Savior and give each other strength so that in the coming week and in the future weeks of our life, we avoid things that cause people to sin as much as we can. And thus, Knowing that God forgives us, we keep our faith in Jesus in the eternal victory earned for us by our Savior. Yes, there are things that cause people to sin. But even greater than that, there is a Savior who has forgiven our sin. Thank God. Amen.